This is the At 530 on Main podcast. I'm Sean Collins. And I'm Mike Davis. And we're here to discuss the convergence of digital and physical experiences in today's world. With Extend Group as an expert in designing online experiences and VPS Architecture, an expert on creating physical experiences, you will hear unique discussions on technology, theory, and more that merges our separate areas of expertise into one podcast experience. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoy today's At 530 on Main podcast episode. All right, welcome to the At 530 on Main podcast here in the Extension Studio here at 530 on Main Street in Evansville, Indiana. Huh, At 530 on Main. Clever. We have Mike Davis in the studio today from VPS Architecture. Mike, it's always a pleasure to uh, co-host these with you. Yeah, always a good time. Yeah. Today in the studio, we have Matt Wagner. Matt, welcome to At 530 on Main. Oh, thank you for having me. And I just want to even say before we get started, I appreciate you inviting me, number one. But then also, I just appreciate everything you guys do uh, in the community because I know I've served with you all in various capacities on many different things. So this is just really a extension, no pun intended, <laughs> of what you all do on a daily basis. And so I'm excited and fortunate and grateful to be here, have this conversation with you guys. Yeah. Thank you. Well, thank you. Know that you have many things going on. You are an active part of our community and we thank you for that. I mean, I know, like you said, we've worked on a, a few projects together, but I don't know if, if I can keep up. You are, you are doing it. I mean, really are. I mean, Matt, for those who don't know, maybe Within the Evansville community, Matt is the owner of Matt Wagner Design. He's the co-founder of the Courthouse Creative Cooperative. He's the co-host of the Witness Podcast. Please check that out. That's on Google Play, Apple, a lot of those. Recorded uh, right here. Recorded right here. Yeah, thank you for that. Yeah. Uh, He is the co-organizer of Heard Evansville and also a co-organizer of Evansville OCR. And really when I, I know Matt is the owner of Matt Wagner Design, but I think, you know, out of all of of our podcasts today, I'm looking forward to this one because I think uh, Matt really does, uh, when he looks at his work, what is the overall experience? What is the holistic design? And whether it's a space or an online piece or whatever it it is that you are working on, you really take that to heart. And I thank you for that. Mm. Yeah. Thanks for the recognition, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. So um, at 530 on main discussion on the word experience, digital marketing, digital experience, event, whatever that experience would be mixed with Mr. Davis across the table here, architect, designer, and facilitator of indoor, outdoor experiences. What's new in the architecture world yeah. as we start to move forward in, in our COVID-19 world? Well, right now we're expanding to Indianapolis. That's what's new. Yeah. So that's been a, oh, wow. That's been a challenge and a exciting, but getting all the pieces to align has been interesting. Yeah. And getting up there is more interesting. Getting up there, what do you mean? We got to schedule time to be up there right now. We don't really have anyone up there, oh, so okay. to speak, yet. So working on that, those pieces, but yeah, having an office up there as of Monday. Oh, wow. That's <laughs> fresh. <laughs> <Yeah>. Brand new. <laughs> yeah. We've been working on it for a while. It was going to be sooner and then COVID hit. And so, sure. yeah, but there's a lot, lot going on up there in Indy. People don't know, but mm. 
the healthcare is booming right now. So there's a lot. So Matt, tell me a little bit about the courthouse, create a cooperative and, and how that works within the community. And then, you know, also, I mean, we talked a little bit about the uh, Witness podcast, but mm. just give me some and the listeners some insight of. Because of- yeah, I would like to say, though, Matt's one of the few people that I've probably met that Matt Wagner design probably was the last thing I heard about. It was everything else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, oh and Matt does this. It's like, well, isn't that, wouldn't that be like his day job? No, oh, that's God. That, I love God. Thank you for saying that. Uh, yeah, no, that's uh, I love that man. I've, I'm kind of that's an emotional thing to hear. Yeah. I, pre- I, I, I appreciate hearing that. I think maybe some people might take offense to that. I, I actually love it. Um, I, I love it. And Courthouse Creative Cooperative is really, you know, the culmination. I think I can safely say of mostly of my adult life's dream. In a sense, I. I've always wanted, even even whenever I was younger and I had, uh, you know, maybe I wanted to have a, a studio that had like seven people and, you know, you had these people in butts and seats and doing these things. And I've, I've had things similar to that. But I'm a collaborator. I mean, you, you can you can get a sense from the bio, the, the intro that you guys code this, code that, code this, code that. Yeah. And that's why I like it, you know. And, and I've always wanted this, you know, egalitarian space where... Um, people are there because they want to be, and and they feel free to come and go a- as they want to be. Yeah, and you know this sort of mutuality, you know, and equanimity that's involved in that. I think, and and uh, you know, I, I there, there's there's practical reasons to do that. You know, we can all share uh, rent and 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 things like that. But I think proximity and sharing, you know, yeah. it's just how you uh, develop relationships and positive environment. And it, it's been, we've had, I've been so fortunate to have met so many different people. I know that Rachel Wambach and Aaron Tanner and I really kind of founded that, 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 that process. And Aaron's gone on to, you know, big things and yes. is doing amazing, amazing things. And uh, Aaron and I've been like brothers, you know, you know, for, for, for many, many years. And We've worked together and then not, and then worked together and then not. And it's just, and that's kind of the flow of life, you know, is, yeah. is, 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 yeah. Yeah. The freedom to kind of do what you need to do. And and we know when we have a situation like this, that everyone who's sitting there with you in, in that environment is there because they want to be, yeah. you know, and they can leave at any time. There's no contracts or nothing like that. So um, it just feels good to have that true egalitarian collaborative spirit where we can, all work together on something if we want to, but then we all have our own individual things, and you know what I mean. Yeah. But 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 we we empower each other through shared ex- experience, yeah, which works out well. And there's been a lot of people that have come through and tried it, you know, and left, maybe gone on to other things, uh, tried different things, and you know, and it works out really well, to, you know, to to do that. So, and uh, so I'm I'm really proud of, of of that and all the relationships and things that that we've made through that, and then. The Witness podcast kind of grew out of that because through all of those days that we're all in the, or used to be in the office yeah. together all the time, you know, we just end up, we're all kind of uh, shared, we share a lot of the same, uh, um, you know, dedication to community and dedication to our craft and what we do and we care about what we do. And we just sort of like get in these conversations and we used to always talk about, you know, we should probably, we, we, Record we, yeah, record our conversations, number one, and, and also um, 
the conversations that we have with our clients and, and, and our friends and the things that we care about. And that's really kind of where it came from. You know, we, we talk about creativity, community and collaboration, you know, but we really wanted it to be kind of like no rules, just a conversation, you know. So um, really, that's what it's about, just sharing our perception and our experiences in the in the community. As a community collaborator, tell us a little bit about Evansville Herd and Evansville OCR. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're two v- very, and all of it kind of comes out. A herd um, really was the brainchild of DeAndre Wilson. Uh, just recorded. Yeah, just yeah. recorded. I'm sorry. I have to follow DeAndre. He's one of my, one of my great friends and, and a uh, tough act to follow, but, mm-hmm. um, but DeAndre and Leslie Eads and I, Leslie Eads and I co- uh, here's another another co uh, co curate uh, have co curated TEDx uh, for the last uh, two years, and uh, and and thank you guys for being involved in that, and Sean being one of the founders, and you know that that's, that's a, yeah big big deal for that, and paving that way for us. We we pr- certainly appreciate that, and are uh, proud to carry that torch forward. Um, uh, you know, through that process of pulling together speakers. Leslie and I really came face to face with sort of the exclusivity of TED, and and that's not a bad thing. Um, it's it's yeah. actually the, the it's actually designed for that for this experience. We're going to keep coming back to that, I think, which is very unique to TED, and because we work really hard to connect to the community and really drum up as many people as we can. It was gut-wrenching to see so many people with so many stories um, that are dying to be heard, that need to be heard, that just quite frankly, we can't, you can't accommodate all of those people. Right. And we were thinking, why, why do this once a year? And why make it such a big deal? Let's make it more accessible, you know, day in and day out. You know, so it was really just something it's we're not a 501c3. We're not anything other than uh, three people who understand and care about the need to be seen and heard and want to provide opportunities for anybody in a safe environment, as long as they're not being hateful, to stand up and speak and be supported live in live. front of a microphone. But um, but we limit it to five minutes mm-hmm. with a five minute Q&A. So it's not so daunting, you know what I mean? And you can mess up and you can just do whatever you need to do. And um, it's been really but transformative and healing, I think, for us and everyone else involved. And we've had uh, four uh, live uh, versions of these, and they were growing significantly until until uh, COVID. And we just can't do that now. However, we've moved it uh, a little bit to Instagram. So you can uh, follow Herd on Instagram and uh, see some stories. We're starting to post stories there uh, as well. So yeah. yeah. And, and then just uh, not to get too long-winded, but you asked about Evansville OCR, and, and, and that's something that's also near and dear to my heart in terms of overcoming obstacles in, in physical fitness. I'm a person who's had a massive uh, transformation in Absolutely. my life physically uh, and the uh, mental and emotional side that comes to that from that and uh, always felt like I've wanted to share that experience with, with, with other people. And through um, OCR stands for obstacle course racing. We've done a lot of uh, obstacle course racing and, and uh, gotten a lot of other people involved. I was brought into obstacle course racing through other friends and felt at home there. And really um, there's a lot of uh, parallels uh, to overcoming obstacles in life and physical and the mind following the body and the body following the mind. And so that's like a kind of a loose knit 
group of, of, of people that um, work out together and challenge each other and try to grow together. And so that's, that's what that is. And uh, uh, just more opportunity for, and, and our, our sort of saying is do the best you can with what you have, where you are. Oh, nice. So, so yeah. there's, you might have someone who's really physically fit and can do all the things. And you have some people that can't even like do one push up. And we're, we're there to be empowered by each other. Like when, if a person can't do a push up and they just do one push up and they show up, like that brings me alive just as much as being challenged, you know, by someone who can do like a hundred burpees. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, um, just really feeling empowered and connected through each other and, and showing up together to change ourselves and, and the world around us. So at the beginning, and you've hit on it several times, coming, we're going to come back to it, we're going to come back to it. Uh, what is the definition of the word experience to Matt Wagner? So I think about this all the time and, and the, the difficulty sometimes of thinking about something all the time is that you overthink it. And then when it's kind of like this idea of this precious thing inside of you that you don't, you know, you almost don't want to speak it because you can't do it justice. Yes. So that being said, and um, I put on my first instinct was to put on my designer hat you know, and anyone who's listened to the witness podcast knows that, uh, that I define design as problem solving. And I think sometimes you can, can get this God complex, uh, as a designer, right? Mike, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. And I know, you know, like, like yeah. that, that you think there's this saying of this experience economy and, you know, we've read the, the probably the, we probably all read the book, the experience economy and, um, this idea that we create experiences. And as I've thought about this recently, I've, I'm, I'm railing against that. I don't think that we create experiences. I don't think that we can create an experience for another person. Yeah. I think what we create is space okay. for the experience to happen. The experience happens in your mind. And so I think you, so in a sense, Mike, with architecture, you know what I mean? When you create a space, you know, um, a physical space, you're creating a space for something to happen within. I, I think it's even deeper than that. And I think um, we, we talk about creating space. You can create physical space for a person. You can create emotional space for a person. You can create, you know, uh, to, you know, to, to create a space for a person to feel or feel comfortable or feel loved or feel, you know, like, like those kind of things. I think that we're constantly in this state of creating space. Sometimes we're creating a digital space, you know, Sean, you're doing so much digital marketing, creating digital space, you know, Mike, you're creating physical spaces a lot, but I think we're also just creating space for people to, to, to be, you know, and, um, you know, so I think that an experience happens in each individual person. And, um, I'm a big fan of, uh, uh, poet David White. He's an English-Irish poet. I've probably shared some of his stuff with you, Sean. I've, most people probably get tired of me saying this. But I was thinking about, like, experience and what constitutes an experience for a person. And I think uh, I can kind of define that as their perception, their life experience, which David White refers to as genius. Yeah. That everyone has a genius, and he describes it as uh, the Irish call it genius loci, meaning yeah. that um, every space, like that corner right there, has a genius about it that 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 is its past and its present and its future 
all combined into one. It's how everything is met in that space. Every person has a genius. It's how everything is met in you. That's what he calls it. So it's your, it's your physical body. It's your ancestors. It's your emotions. It's your life experience up until that point. It's your future. It's all of that is in this conversation, this sort of storm front of ever changing things, you yeah. know, feelings and emotions. And I think that the experience happens there. So I think that when you create a space, right, like a physical space, and a person enters that, whether it's emotional or physical or digital or whatever, they the experience happens through the lens of their genius, that yeah. everyone has a genius. I'd, yeah. I'd go to there and, you know, Father Richard Rohr, a book I just finished mm, up. I love Richard Rohr. Talking about, uh, have you read Immortal Diamond? Uh, I've not read Immortal Diamond, but I've, just yeah. Finished it. Okay. And it's very much nature, nurture, the perceived self versus the self, and the Immortal Diamond is the actual nature versus nurture mm. that's inside of us that right. are all connected mm. to the being, the one, yeah. God, all godlike. Yeah. And very much that experience is what we see, whether it's in the space or the perceived in mm-hmm. the false self mm-hmm. versus the real self in the space and mm-hmm. getting into where we're going, extending myself being certified in giant, five voices, 100x leader, those things, getting into the the nature and nurture part, mm. like most people being, of a certain foundational voice that equates for a certain percent of the population. You can start to say, well, this this voice in this space will experience this, but not all the same because at the end, it's actually that false or what the, you know, the nurture part yeah. has led that nature piece to be. And it's a very, you know, that word experience gets very, very deep on are we talking about, you know, what we've learned or who we are. Right, exactly. (laughs) Well, Yeah, I don't think we're designing the space. That's where I disagree. We're not designing the experience. You're designing something appropriate to the space or the function, to the area. You know, you're not going to design a school the way you would a bank. And so you're trying to make that initial experience, I guess, or the – appropriate to the function that the building is everyone but everyone coming in is going to have a different take whether they like it hate it comfortable not comfortable whatever it is but if you're totally off it's one reason i hate copying stuff out of books and magazines because if you haven't been there you have no idea what it is You, you can't get that experience can't get the feeling you can't get the layout you can't get any of that yeah it's great for a little bit of inspiration but at the end of the day you've got to really tie in to what that space is or wants to be, right? What does a brick want to be, be. you know? And so while we're not designing the exact experience everyone's going to have, I think there is still a little bit of designing the appropriate response, right? Mm -hmm. Tin Man isn't going to be, Brew Burger isn't going to be, right? If you're looking at even restaurants, right? But they all should be unique. Whereas that's where the failure of, right? Mass production strip malls, it's all the same. Mm-hmm. No matter how much you decorate the inside, it's still pretty much the same. Yeah. Because your travel up to that is the same. Right. So designing the experience, saw an interesting post yesterday on LinkedIn by uh, one of our mutual colleagues, Jamie. And she 
had a post that was uh, very telling to me. It was like when you're designing experiences, everybody said you should look at what your target audience is, look at their personality, look at their perceived buying power, look at look at all these things, right? As as a marketing group, as a di- like, what is your defined target audience, and what is everything? There's there's a concept now of individuals looking at not the target audience, but the defined critic or the defined anti what you're going for. So that if you answer all those objections to that space or to that design, Mm -hmm. don't go out and say, what's the easy part? Go to who is it that is going to be your your arch enemy Mm. and define what that is. And if you define that, the experience to the actual consumer Mm -hmm. will be much, much greater. Mm -hmm. See, that's where I think the experience of design is changing. It's changing from silo. I'm the architect. Everything I say is gold. You will do it my way. And then when you go look at my buildings, you'll say that's exactly who, what, and that's what you're getting, right? As I think it's more collaborative. So when you start bringing in, well, this is our branding. This is our market. This is who we are as a corporation or whatever. You got to bring all those people to the table, right? Media, everything's got to, got to be collaborative or holistic. And I think that's what's changing to me. It's more community-based design. Is everybody at the table? It's not about me taking control of it. Yeah, agreed. And, and you know, Sean, what, what, what you were saying there and, and to kind of piggyback off what you're saying, Mike, is like, what would it look like if you didn't have any enemies? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what, 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 what would it look like if you weren't? And because, see, I think, I think that, that – you know, this homogenization of culture that you see, you know, through uh, social media and things like that. There's plenty of great things about social media. I know people are expecting me to be kind of anti-social media because I don't, I don't really do it much and I'm not fully anti-social media, but I think like it's all about intention. Yeah. But, but, but I think like, you know, so many times we sort of get into this bubble, you know, our, our, our own bubble and, and we, uh, have norms, perceived norms that are normal to us, but aren't normal to other people. And it's very easy, especially we've got, you know, three, uh, you know, white men sitting in this room talking about this stuff. But also I think, you know, we're aware of that and working on it, you know, sort of, sort of, sort of every day, which is all, all you can ask. But uh, Mike, I think you're exactly right. I mean, I, I like, like, I think that, not only do people have to be at the table, you know, they ha- you know, we might have to not center ourselves in the conversation. You know, I mean, we have a skill to bring, but we're not like the end all be all. And in order to create spaces that really are um, for everyone or more universal or more a place where everyone feels comfortable, like like you literally have to have as many voices at the table and literally consider them as leaders. You know, what I mean, in the in the project and maybe know when to take a back seat. Yeah. And no, yeah. no, within that. What what is sitting at the table and whether that be foundational voices and you get into like deep things like Myers-Briggs and, the you know, the 60 plus, you know, uh, profiles that they have or you go to where we're at today with five voices and you have five, you know that two of them make up 60 plus percent of the entire population of which are very present minded, very relationship driven individuals who are very process oriented and the delivery is today and and they base themselves on how they're lifting others up and that they meet their measurable deliverables. They check their boxes that they promised they would get done that day and they're on time on budget. But then you take the rest of the community 
and you say those are you know, creative, pioneer, connectors, mm -hmm. they typically lead all the organizations mm -hmm. because of, of being future-oriented, being very strategic, mm -hmm. being very connected, being able to see the big picture and typically lead those conversations, always speak first. But then when you have that community dialogue, that's typically when either the pioneer or the connector comes in and says, oh, let's collaborate, and everybody sits down at the table and you do have what looks like diversity mm -hmm. in the room, mm -hmm. but that diversity may not be as diverse as we think because typically that nurture and guardian don't want to show up to that discussion because they're not willing to speak up. Yeah, the format. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the that, format that, of the, that yeah. space that yeah. you're creating isn't. So yeah. looking at it at a deeper way is where I've started, you know, the, over the last two years, really look at it and go, who's in the room? Is, is one thing when I look around and I see it. But now it, I need to quantify to know that there are those individuals that are present-minded, that are all relationship-based, that are very resource-driven and allocated to, this is not, this job is not who I am. Right. Or this topic is not who I am. I'm an individual outside of this. But then when you go to the other side of the individuals that typically, stereotyping here, mm -hmm. bring in that and say, hey, let's have this big brainstorming, mm -hmm. you know, session or this big, you know, community experience so that we can define what 2030 looks like. We all come in, the individuals that show up to that aren't typically present-minded, future, like, unless you really get in and dive into, we, we get into and, and we see the room looks different, but what's the psychology behind that? What's the nature the nurture and how are organizations in the future really going to start looking at that mm -hmm. to have the discussion of how are we really designing our experiences? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and the Buddhist will tell you that, like, if you want to know what your future is going to be, look at your present. You know yeah. what I mean? And and so sometimes we get carried away thinking about planning for 2030 and and, and, and when, when really we're forgetting what's going on like right this very minute because we're living in the future, yeah. which is dangerous because there's so many people that don't have the privilege of living in the future that literally have to live in this moment right now because they have no other choice. And those people are not going to be at that future visioning session because they're just trying to survive right now. Right now. Yeah. And so, you know, that's why it's so important what y'all are saying about, about making sure that you, we manage those, that visioning and that collective visioning, you know, by taking those kind of things into consideration, you know? Yeah. That was deep. Deep. <laughs> Actually, I was going to say, yeah. Or maybe, yeah hey, I'll know. break that up if you like The Office. It was, uh, I think it was, uh, oh, I forget the character, but on The Office. And he was like, man, I wish I wish you knew you were living in the good old days before they were over. That's <laughs> so yeah. true. Yeah, it's so true. The wisdom of, uh, like, like the, yeah, the wisdom of, of, of uh, popular culture right. sometimes whenever you can run it through a lens of awareness like presence. Yeah. But it's amazing, though, just to think, I mean, I sent this, this quote to Mike and his team the other day. It's grossly overestimated what an individual can accomplish in a year but extremely undervalued what can happen in five mm. if the right people are – I mean, I as a creative pioneer guardian want to be out there, want to create six new things a day. And then after being in the situation for 13-plus years and you see what was behind you in the wake of – that is madness – to over 60% of the population of this is next, this is next, change this, do this, 
all those things, it would be a greater conversation if we could really start to look at how we, we lead those conversations, if we know those things. And, um, and I think as a community, we're getting there. Yeah. I mean, I, I was born here, raised here, went away, came back. One of the biggest things that always seemed to happen in Evansville was we're going to do what Nashville's doing. We're going to do what St. Like looking elsewhere, right, and trying to bring that here as opposed to saying, well, we're Evansville. Let's do our thing and everybody will want to come here, you know. Yeah. And I, I think that we're finally getting that mindset. I feel like, I mean, it's – it's not happening overnight, but it's happening. Yeah, and I was just with two friends one, uh, that I recently met. One of them is uh, originally from Miami, and the other one is originally from Detroit. And uh, the friend of mine that's from Detroit has, I think, been here for maybe five years, six years. And the other one has been here for shorter than that, um, may, maybe a year, year and a half. And both of them, we got into this conversation about how – in Evansville, like our experience in Evansville to kind of like maybe yeah. follow this wave that you're creating it, you know, it, it is sort of like those of us that have been here forever are the problem. These guys are like, we, we love it here. Like there's so many great things about it. The problems that you all have here, all the negativity that I run in is from those of you that have lived here your whole life, you know, that are dying to get out. And it's such a, and that's such gets back to that, that lens, that, that genius, that, that perception based on your experience and perception being reality and, and that constant need for comparison and, you know, other things like that, which they don't, they're comparing it in a much different way, you know, and yeah. it's such a, an interesting thing that I wish we could like download into people's heads, you know what I mean? Like that live here, if they could just see where they live through that freshness, that, that those fresh eyes of someone that doesn't carry the baggage that just comes here and sees yeah, you know it through that lens of of uh, of uh, detachment, you know, it, it, and then become create a new attachment. It's such a great feeling to hear those things and to to see those things, especially for people like us yeah. that are fighting to make this uh, a place when it already is. It is. You know, like it like is. yeah, yeah. You have a lot, and a lot of times I think people confuse, you know, mass of the community. Right. You know, oh, hey, in Indy, I go there, and there's a thousand people, but in Evansville, there's only a hundred, and it's like, well not the same amount of people, right? right? You're not going to have the same mass. So scale it and be, and right. You should, your expectations shouldn't be, Oh, this is going to be like Chicago's riverfront. Right. Right. Not going to happen. <laughs> and there's a great quote that I love and I wish I could remember who to attribute it to, but the expectations are resentment waiting to happen. Yeah. And you know what I mean? And how much do you see like the resentful local person? Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and, and it's like, I don't get, get, get negative. I also don't want to get too positive too, because we have a lot of problems that we need to work through. I mean, we've, we've addressed that and we always have to like hold that right here with the positivity so that we don't lose sight of the things that we're doing wrong. But every, every city has problems, you know what I mean? And, and, and you've got to work through those problems. But I think that being more, more positive and more, you know, like when you care, about where you live, like in, in a sense of not positivity, like, oh, everything's great. And, you know, things are so great. And I can just do everyone. No, it's not like that. It's like, if you love where you come from, you want everyone to feel that love and feel loved and feel taken care of. And you, and you don't come from a place, you try not to come from a place of scarcity. And you don't want anybody that lives in this community to not feel that. You know what I mean? And, yeah. I, and, and I think if you can really get down into that deep, 
well of sort of love that's in the core of all of us. You know what I mean? Like then we don't want anybody to do without, we don't want other people to be at the table. We want, instead of, instead of like, use the example a minute ago, Sean, of like raising people up instead of like raising people up, why don't you just give them part of your, give them your power? Yeah. You know what no, I mean? The, like, like and in, in, in bring yourself down. That's like, the liberator mindset fight yeah. for the highest possible good of those you lead and yeah. empower them, yeah. you know, to do the things that you uh, dream to do. Yeah. You want to share yeah. that. You want everybody yeah. to feel it. Cause if, if they don't feel it, you can't feel it fully. You know, liberation isn't a one way isn't, is never one way. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's limiting, right? Whenever you want to be kind of the mind, mind, mind. Yeah. You're, now you're limiting yourself. To me, you're yes. always limiting yourself. You're limiting your growth, your experiences, everything, because you're so inward focused yes. that you're not seeing the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. And I know that's a mindset that people struggle with, but yes. let's get back to experience yeah, and experience. space because we we're talking about community. So what's right. a space or place has made you that you really experience, what would be an example that you could give the audience where you go and you're just emotional? Oh my God. Okay. So you you can probably imagine from just the, even (laughs) if you've never met me, like, listen to this, I get, I'm pretty like, everything's emotional for me. (laughs) Like, 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 but uh, you know, you know, I think about it on on flip sides of the coin because when, when, when I think about just instantly, like if you ask me what places, what places make me emotional, the, all the first things I think about are not, uh, man-made spaces like I think about like the Grand Canyon you know what I mean where mm-hmm. where you where I where I went and was expecting you to use the expectation thing again it to be a tourist trap and it is but just being overcome and overwhelmed you know by scale. the scale yeah the, the scale and just the wonder and the time and, and the, the incomprehensible uh, th- thing of it the n- next place that, that I go it is then to spaces where I feel emotional. I, I don't want to say negative, but in a in a way that's challenging. And and I think about and challenging in a space that's meant to not feel challenging. So, what I mean by that is uh, I'm thinking about a couple of years ago going to Jamaica and going to a resort in Jamaica where I made the most of it. And I love the friends that invited me there and I had a great time with them and, and, and it was what it was, but I just felt this deep, deep sadness and this deep, deep feeling like we should not be here. Like this is, and we're, and we're in a space that where that's completely designed for comfort and to make you feel at home and to forget about everything. And all it did was remind me of everything. And, and maybe that's shame and guilt that I carry with me of my privilege and not, maybe it is, but at the same time, like, like being in the space that was designed specifically for that and then feeling you know, appreciating what I was seeing and appreciate the hospitality and appreciate my friends and, and the experience, but at the same time feeling like that. And and then the third sort of thing that I think of is my own spaces that I create. And those are always emotional for me in in, uh, different ways. But the, the, the time when I think I'm feeling like the most emotional about those spaces is when they're inhabited by people and you can i'm sure you can relate to this mike like you know there's this beauty and these beauty shots of like your architecture or the space that you create and that's all cool but like there's nothing like that feeling of walking into a space that you created like maybe 
five years after it's open when it's like changed and it's you've seen it a million times and you sit there like you would just any other person like I do restaurants and stuff you know like a lot and then just to sit there and watch everybody just existing in their own worlds with their own bringing their own genius to it and watching them just live life in this space and even taking it for granted or not you know there's like all these things like that makes me emotional sometimes yeah there's a yeah there's a very piggyback on that it's a very interesting feeling to design a building you know from nothing to what it becomes and you and as an architect you know you're walking through and you have free reign right and then all of a sudden you turn it over and the owner has it and they take ownership and then you're like nobody in this building, right? You don't exist. And everybody, who are you when you go to the building? Who are you? Do you have your ID? Who who are you here for? Who are you? You're like, dude, I like know every inch of this building. <laughs> like a lot of times you go places, like I've been places that I've designed. They'll be like, okay, let me show you where I know. I know where I'm going. Don't worry. I know where I'm going. I, I know every inch of this building, even what you don't see. But so it's a very, yeah, that experience for me, is something that's always it's still odd. It's still an odd experience to be exactly what you said. You go there and you're like, wait, but I know every inch of this. I know where it came from in my mind and how we got here. But the funny thing is you don't. Yeah. Because like you can never, like you, you can know every inch of the space, right? And oh, I, yeah. I know what you're saying. But then like, when the people inhabit it and, right. and they, they experience it, they show different. you things about it that right. you, you didn't know. That, right, you come yeah. back and you're, like there's a, transition right? yeah. and yeah. now you're coming there as a, almost a stranger yeah right and you're right. seeing it through a different lens yeah, right but yeah. through their lens mm-hmm. and what was wrong or what wasn't good it's just the i don't know i don't know the experience is weird yeah it's a weird experience and it's a weird vibe that because you still feel that connection well, you guys, but you know you're disconnected mm-hmm. now i don't have kids yeah. do you Okay, so you guys both have kids. And so my gut reaction would be, I try not to make analogies that I haven't experienced. Like I'm not going to talk about, well, that was like giving birth. It's, It's like... But I imagine it's about it's it's similar to kids where where like you create this, you do everything you can to to, to and and then it just goes into the world and yeah, and, 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 and it's affected gone. by other people. Then they're eighteen and year olds and they're <laughs> gone, and you're like, wait, yeah. dude, yeah, because yeah, right now I'm in the we want to hang out with daddy, play with daddy, do yeah. stuff, right? And I I just keep like oh, I'm not ready for the day. Yeah. When it's like, see ya, okay. Dude. Yeah. Did I even see my son this weekend? <laughs> there's a letting but, go know, and, yeah. a, and, 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 and it being uh, – there's a vulnerability to the world, yeah. you know, to people. And they come in and they, you know, and, and they sit in it and they change it and, and it gets scuffed up and changed up and moved around. And mm-hmm. as people experience yeah. it, maybe some things that you weren't aware were yeah. going to happen. So the people that own the restaurant maybe move some tables around and change some things. Yeah. And it's just like – you know what I mean? And it's just like an evolving kind of organic, you know, like changing yeah. – Thing, unless you're like Frank Lloyd Wright and he would go back oh, yeah. into people's houses and put furniture back where he originally put it, whether it was right or not, you know, but, you know, Design it's a different time. Yeah. yeah. Do everything. But- well, and that goes back to the, the architect. I think a lot of people have that misconception that, oh, you're an architect. Well, it's your design. Mm. And it's like, no, 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 no. Uh, you know, I don't want to be a star architect. Never wanted to. Yeah, it's, right, right. you know, my job is to breathe life into what you want, right? Mm-hmm. What your vision is, get your vision out of you. Cause you have a vision, yeah. right? As a client, you have a vision of what you want to be. Yeah. And we got to help you bring that out, bring it to life. Right. That's my right. job. Right. Not right. to design what I want. Right. Exactly. Because. That's art. Yeah. 
yeah. to me. Yeah, right. Which is nothing wrong with that. It's just it's just more art than it is right. design. And so yeah. there's a there's gotta be collaboration. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right. Collaboration with the unknown almost right. in a sense, like with what's going to happen in the future that you could never predict. You know what I mean? Like you're you're almost like weirdly collaborating with the future because things are gonna change anyway. Yeah. So a lot of times doing it long enough, as soon as the client starts speaking, it's like I see the vision and with the budget in mind, mm. right? Okay. It's all connecting. Yeah. In my brain, I want to go a lot, and that's why it's a lot of times working, working with other people, and they're like, "We're gonna do this." this. I'm like, "Time out! You yeah. just doubled the budget. Yeah. Back right. it down. We right. gotta, we gotta think of a more creative way to get that. That's a great idea, but how are we gonna do that more economically? Right? Right. right. Unless you have an unlimited budget, and I haven't worked on one of those yet. <laughs> but <laughs> hopefully, you know, one day. So how is uh? The nurture part, growing up in southern Indiana, impacted your natural design experience. Mm. Oh, my God. I mean, it's it's everything. I mean, it's literally everything because it's what I know. So it's, it's, it's such a big part of my genius, you know, mm. of, of how everything is met in me is sort of like, you know, comes through this of growing up. And, you know, Mike, I know, you know, we're, we're all from, from here. From here. I, I never left. Um, you know, I, I like, I, yeah, I've, I've barely left. I've, I even for vacations and stuff. I mean, I did, like, like, like it, it, it takes a lot for me to, to, to leave here physically. But I think like it means everything to me. I mean, just the, the way I was raised, my perception of what's normal in a sense of architecturally, the landscape the smells, the language, the way we pronounce words, you know, yeah. like, like, like all of these things are sort of part of what makes my normal, you know what I mean? And, and I think that's the conditioning. I think Sean, you were, yeah. I don't know if was that before we started rolling or after, I, I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. That's the conditioning. That's that Midwest conditioning that sort of makes me who I am. And Mike, you know, both of us being, all of us being creators, we, we can't ever not be aware of those biases that we bring to the table based on that, who we are here, that our perception of normal, our barometer, you know, of what, what is that middle road is, is just due to our experience. And that's where it's important with collaboration and things like that. So I think it's so powerful. It may be the most powerful thing is our conditioning. And, uh, and I think it's the thing we have to be aware of as creators, and I was going to add biases levied upon us, right? Because we deal with yes. that a lot. Like, well, we need this firm out of Chicago to do. Like, why? Yeah. Why? Right. Well, they're more creative. They're more mm-hmm. this. They're more. I'm like, a lot uh, of times you're fighting that, right? Right. And yeah, bigger cities, more pool of resources, more yeah. pool of money, and everything. But people can be just sort of creative here yeah. if given the opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I'm meeting creatives and knowing, oh, my gosh, they can do so much, mm. right? And ha- But there's still that bias. Well, That's the age of Evansville, right? discussion, right, of, I mean, it goes back even into the Bible. I mean, you know, you can't be a prophet in your hometown, mm. right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> because right. how have you earned that here? Mm-hmm. And maybe that is too deep for that question, but it is hard. I, I, I know what you're saying there, Mike, with how can you do that here? 
in mm. or why what why is Chicago different than Indianapolis, different than Nashville, that's different than Austin. There's a lot of really vested, hardworking individuals here. But, you know, perception may be a little different. Yeah, and it can work both ways because I know back back in the early two thousands when uh you know, Aaron Tanner and I were, we, we had a, a small record label printing uh, print shop. I had a 150 year old, you know, printing press and we were making like handmade stuff. Like we were doing letterpress whenever it was, it, before it kind of blew up just because of our age more than anything. And we were doing work for people all over the country and, and like, like, like in, in, in New York and in LA and Nashville and in, in Paris and, and, you know, Germany and, you know, all over the country and it was in the world really. And they saw in this same kind of bringing this circular to the people that live here that aren't from here, they saw us as like, we were the cool thing. Yeah. Like they were, they were like, we don't know where you are. And we were picturing these like quaint, you know, like, yeah. like people. But when I talk to them on the phone, they don't sound like hillbillies, you know, like type of thing. And they, and we played that up and took advantage of that. To the I, hill. That. I know you have too. I love that position that you had somewhere between New York and LA. That yeah. Was, yeah. That yeah. Was, that was brilliant. <laughs> and, but it, but it didn't register here and no one really, very few people got that here, but outs on the coast, you know, yeah. people would be like, Oh, that's hilarious. Like you guys get it. You know what I mean? And, and, yeah. and then they would send us stuff and they thought it was, you know, it's kind of an interesting experience to think about that and the perception there. But I, I, I've always seen, almost always seen where I'm from as an advantage or not even really an advantage. It, it, just I've, I've, I've never been, I, I don't think very self-conscious of it. You know, I mean, you are to a certain extent, like when you go to other places and you don't feel like you belong or you feel uncool, you know, when you go to like, but, but it's, it's not, it, it's just that you're just from somewhere else. And I think embracing that feeling, you know, is something you can internalize and bring back to your work and, you know, relate to people that don't feel like they're a part of something right. or whatever. Yeah. We have some rap questions that yeah. we normally ask. And then I, I have a new experience that, uh, that we're going to try out it's here, terrifying. but yeah. So Matt, what is the person product or a brand that has the most authentic experience today in your mind? One of the ones that just instantly comes to my mind, actually a brand that probably most people would be surprised that I would even say this is Nike. I think like the way that they've shown up for Colin Kaepernick and, and maybe if I knew more about it, you know, yeah. maybe it's a superficial thing, but I feel like as a person who's seen their advertising and the way that they have caused some turmoil and stood up. Yeah. But speaking of causing turmoil and standing up, man, I, I've got my answer. A person, John freaking Lewis, man, John mm -hmm. Lewis. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I actually just saying it right now, just saying his name, I just got like a rush into my face and I'm like sweating just thinking about John Lewis uh, being like just authentic to the core. You know what I mean? Just like, like, and, and he, and he, and he is a brand and he is a, a person, you know, and has since passed, but yeah. someone that authentic and that just powerful you know what I mean? The, the the power of pure, pure authenticity all the way to the core. You know what I mean? I, I, I would probably mm. say that there, there's two broad, <laughs> strange, different things, but they one led me to the other. And I think that, yeah, mm. may, maybe that's where, where I'd go right now. So uh, you've discussed 
multiple experiences, both local and out of the Evansville region. What are you looking forward to as we get into the end of the year? Is there any programs, any experiences that you're really looking forward to uh, being a part of? You know, I, I'm not trying to evade the question, but I'm, I'm at a spot in my life right now where I'm really not thinking too far into the future. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm working really, really hard to be right in this moment and kind of take it. And that's a, that's a, that's a real answer. I'm, I, yeah. you know, like, like I've actually kind of tried to stop uh, planning um, months in advance right now because there's just so much uncertainty and I'm so uncertain about what to do with myself, you yeah. know, like, like okay. with my gifts, um, with my, my privilege, with my own, my own genius. I'm, I'm just mm-hmm. so uncertain of what to do with it right now. And, and I, I'm kind of in this place of looking forward to having space t- to not know, you know, and, and to see what happens and, 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 and hoping that in these, th- th- this time right now, of great upheaval, you know what I mean? That other people are feeling this too and sort of ready to make big changes, like big changes, like ready to tear some things down, so to speak, both literally and figuratively, both inner and outer, uh, to, to rethink everything. Like that space of, of not knowing and sort of revolution, you know what I mean? That's, that's kind of what I'm looking forward to, I guess, you know, is that seeing what, how we collectively respond to what we're dealing with right now in this moment. Love that answer. Thank you. So I found this the other day. Oh yeah. no, this is looking very random and scary. Pod decks. Okay. Pod decks. Okay. This is just one of those things that popped up in an experience that I was scrolling through. Okay. And there is, there's actually many, many Cut versions of this. Cut the cards. Okay. Cut the cards and pick your your one. <laughs> like fresh. They are brand new. You were the first one. Mm. I'm going to try this out on. <laughs> okay. Oh, I'm going to pick out my own You're question. You're going to pick out your own question. Okay, let's see. Let's go. <laughs> if there was a sandwich named after you, what would be on it? I, I know you're a foodie. I am. Uh, yeah, actually... I already know the answer. Okay. Something different every day. Something different every day. It would literally be a different thing every day. Yeah. Today, mm-hmm. it was a vegan chickpea sandwich from Flourish. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but but and, and I'm I'm joking about that. But no, if 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 you know, it's funny. I, there, I was talking to someone the other day about uh, tattoos, and I don't have one. And for me, over my whole life, actually, the fact that I don't have a tattoo is really an act of rebellion. <laughs> Strangely, that, that like it felt like to me that the rebellious thing to do was to get a tattoo. So sort of everyone did it. And so I was like kind of against yeah. that was my rebellion. But the truth was probably I was afraid to get one uh, is the truth and part, part of the truth. And the other is that like there's no way if I got a tattoo, like I am so different like every day. That like what I think is cool, like right now, like in a month, I would hate it because yeah. it's just like who I am. So I think there's like that, yeah. that that's maybe a way to sort of like legitimize. I'm not trying to dodge that question. Um, that's really kind of like how I feel about it. You no. know, that I, there's no way I could commit to one particular sandwich like every day. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to do that for 
everyone moving forward. We even have some random, you know, episode <laughs> questions. It's just very – I just found it, you know, kind of refreshing just to be able to – we have, you know, kind of a, a flow of what happens and just to throw some random yeah. options into the discussion. I thought that was uh Yeah, that was, was cool. That was cool. It was scary. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, do yeah, we, it was do we have to answer? Are yeah, are you guys going to do it? Get us. My mind, mine's easy. Be like, Dad would – you know, from the st- be like, how much meat can you put on this sucker? <laughs> like bacon would have to be on it. Yeah, yeah. It could be turkey, ham, cheese, and chicken. Don't care. Just let's gotta have bacon. Yeah. Anything with bacon. Anything with as long bacon. as there's bacon, it doesn't matter what the That's rest right. of it is. All right. The I rest of it is good. Well, it'd have to have bacon on it. It's got to have avocado on it. It has to have an egg on it. And then after that, it has to have. Uh, You're making me want to change my answer. <laughs> Bacon, avocado, egg, the hot sauce, the Thai chili sauce. Oh, yeah. That with some real mayonnaise. Mm, Yeah, right. But other than that, any fresh vegetable. Yeah. With the protein. That would be the core. We just create a business. We'll have a business where the sandwich is. What is your mood today? Yeah. (laughs) That is, I feel, I'm feeling this, right? You just point to. Yeah, One of the like dots on the wall. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Flip it over. Here yeah. you go. This is what this is. And another another way to sort of shout out one of my friends and also validate my answer in real life is that uh, I was thinking about David Rudabaugh at White Swan. And yeah. you, those of you that, that have been to White Swan with me is I never get the same thing. That, that you know, I always get what he I call the surprise. You do. Like you walk in and say yeah. surprise. So like, just, what's the yeah. surprise? I had it today. Yeah. But what I like about that is – trusting for that experience yeah, for him to experience. be the, yeah. the no no really it's for him yeah. to look at it yeah. and go what can i make here yeah. that either because he trusts you yeah. to give your honest feedback and my trust in him creates space and we both create yeah, space yeah. for each other well i have a friend like well he was on the podcast jason shelley every time i go to dinner lunch with him something buffalo chicken Buffalo chicken on a salad, a sandwich, or whatever. It's like I'm like, dude, you're you're kidding. And it's almost like he doesn't even think about it. He just orders it, and I'm like, dude, we're ten for ten now. You buffalo chicken. Oh yeah, I wasn't even thinking. Yeah, Yeah, that's pretty funny. Yeah. All right, Matt. How do uh, the listeners connect with with you? (laughs) You can text me. Uh, uh, I, I, I am really, I, I, the only, you, you, you can connect with me through the courthouse creative cooperative on, I'm checking Instagram, not Facebook, but if, if, but, but we take care of each other. So yeah. if someone sends a message to a direct message to Instagram or Facebook through the courthouse creative cooperative or through herd, uh, I will eventually get it. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, so that's usually the best way uh, to, 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 to get a hold because almost everyone's on Facebook or Instagram. So through the Courthouse Creative Cooperative, just ask for me directly. That'd be the best way to connect, see what we're doing and what we're up to. Mike, any final questions for Matt? No, I think it was good. It's great. Great experience. Mm. I think we could go on for another two hours yeah. and maybe we will have episode number two. Uh, we didn't even you know, touch the actual questions of, of the middle yeah, yeah. of this list. But oh, yeah. That's the way it <laughs> That's the experience, right? You're turning in and we kind of have it, but we hope it just goes wherever it goes. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks for joining us, 
Matt, isn't that perfect? It's going to be different every day. And yeah, we didn't even get to our questions, so it's kind of different, yeah, right? It's, different right it's kind of different right off the bat for the podcast, right? Yeah, so we're tying it all together, right? Tie it all together, Sean. I was trying to, to bring it in there and say, <laughs> listeners, thank you for listening to this At 530 on Main podcast here at the Extension Studio. Once again, it's brought to you by VPS Architecture and Extend Group. Uh, if you like the podcast, share it, rate it, one, five. We want to know how we can make it better. You can uh, comment on it. It's also on our social media platforms. Just let us know what you think because we can't get better if we don't have feedback. And, you know, as we said, right, even in this, things change. Conversation topics could vary. Hopefully we touched on something here that will help you move forward, help you maybe answer a question. But thank you for listening to the App 530 on Main podcast once again here at the Extension Studio. We'll see you next time. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of At 530 on Main, hosted by Sean Collins and Mike Davis. Please leave us a review and share your thoughts on today's episode. Let us know how you've been inspired or what you would like to hear on future episodes. And if you've enjoyed the conversation, help us spread the word. Share us on your social channels. Message a friend. Rate the podcast. Without you, this experience would not be possible.